Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week, we discuss issues including race and gender. This week marks the 50th anniversary of Title IX, a federal civil rights law barring sex-based discrimination in educational programs or activities receiving federal funding. A new poll from AP NORC and the National Women's History Museum finds that 9 of 10 Americans think there's been at least some progress in getting equal treatment for women, especially in education and employment, but there are still gaps. The Biden administration is proposing sweeping changes to the law that would expand protections to LGBTQ students and increase colleges' obligations to address sexual misconduct. But it's almost certain to be challenged and lead to new battles over the rights of transgender students in schools, particularly in sports. We're joined by Bonnie Morris, a gender and sports scholar at UC Berkeley, to discuss what this law has meant and what it could mean going forward. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. just an incredible golden anniversary. Uh, women and girls have come so far. Uh, women are now something like 55 to 60 percent of undergraduate enrollment at college campuses around the United States. Uh, we began in 1972 when Title IX was passed with many colleges still closed to women altogether, uh, Princeton being one example. Uh, Harvard and Yale had a quota in place where for every uh, Two women admitted, three men were admitted. So women were held to higher standards and in competition with each other for fewer slots. Entire majors were closed to women. Uh, and uh, the sports budget around the U.S. was 99% uh, to men and boys. So we don't really uh, have to argue that women have come a long way. Um, socially, the support for women in sports and education, leadership, politics, and public life in general, is pretty much supported. And this recent poll that was done by the AP and NORC and the National Women's History Museum shows that about two-thirds of Americans surveyed uh, see women as having made considerable progress. They support uh, Title IX. Um, but men and women are split. Men tend to see women as having made much more progress. Uh, and women are pretty clear that there's still a long way to go. And in general, uh, what's really changed is Title IX is uh, used now to address the issue of sexual harassment in uh, schools. Um, and the compliance officer in a Title IX office is often the person who students go to with concerns about predatory behavior. Let me jump in here and ask you a couple of questions about that, because I was just reading that a lot of people still don't know that Title IX covers sexual harassment. How do you think that can be fixed? 
Yeah, I'm a big advocate of introducing information about students' rights very early. Um, and it, a casual survey of my own college students reveals uh, they're not even familiar with some of the basic constitutional rights that they enjoy. Um, so we're all uh, in need of a tutorial. Uh, Title IX is part of the Education Amendments of 1972. It was never intended to be a, a sports law or a sexual harassment law per se. It does say that uh, there shouldn't be any discrimination based on sex in educational institutions that receive federal funding. And if you are afraid to go to class, afraid to go to campus, afraid to go into a professor's office because you are uh, concerned about being approached or touched inappropriately, that is a hostile climate. And one of the people who was uh, most uh, active in familiarizing us with those concepts uh, was scholar Bernice Sandler, who introduced the phrase, the chilly climate on campus for women. And the um, kind of public awareness of the huge degree to which women and plenty of guys are subject to unwanted sexual attention, that's really increased. And ironically, it's increased somewhat because more men have come forward with some of the scandals with uh, religious abuse or uh, coaches at, you know, Penn State, Ohio State, when men are more willing to say it happened to me as well. So let me ask you a couple of questions about ways in which this law, some say, are not working right, because Uh there are women of color who say Uh that Title X wasn't really meant to address race, and they are still seeing a lot of disparities. Do Do you have any background on that? Yes. Um, in many instances, uh, schools uh, that hastened to add sports for women uh, added uh, expensive sports like crew, which are traditionally very white. Uh, and that was a means of saying, look, we are uh, spending money on women's sports. Crew is a very expensive sport. It does not traditionally recruit uh, from inner city African-American girls. Um, moreover, we have a long way to go with uh, full participation by Latina girls. Um, uh, often they're expected to help assist with younger brothers and sisters in the home after school or uh, not uh, linger after school in activities that take a lot of time away from home and family. So some of these issues are social and cultural. Others are choices of spending and location. It's very hard to expand space to add teams and athletic activities in landlocked schools that don't have a lot of green space. So urban schools have had the hardest time uh, adding uh, sports for women. Um, In fact, most schools never expected to have women participating at, you know, 50%. uh, And therefore, um, they just architecturally weren't ready. uh, And sharing with men has created some resentment. And there's lots and lots of other reasons. Okay. I've also got to ask you about the use of Title IX with transgender athletes, right? Because so many states have recently passed laws banning transgender women and girls from participating in female sports. But some would make the argument that those athletes would also be protected under this law. One of the things the Biden administration's proposed new rules would do. Yeah, it's really hard to say. Uh, I think it's important to point out that we already have Uh, men participating on women's teams and women participating on men's because Title IX does provide 
if there is not a team for you and there's a sport you want to play, you have the right to try out uh, for the existing team. So the guy who wants to play field hockey uh, and the woman who wants to join the wrestling team uh, have been uh, mixed in. Um, and that's just an important uh, reality. Uh, the main thing is that we have a real scarcity issue in women's sports. Uh, if you identify as a woman, welcome to the struggle, uh, because women have consistently not had uh, 50% of the share uh, and are still uh, in a huge gap at some schools. It's like 60% female enrollment and 48% of the women's sports budget. Uh, some of the biggest gaps are at big football schools, um, which are very protective of the football budget. Uh, these are all issues that affect uh, how people perceive the women's game and women's participation. And uh, those are just some of the responses I could give you. I wonder what you think about things like the women's soccer team and the huge, very public salary dispute. Do you think that that has encouraged more change in what, as you were just saying, has been a huge disparity? And also, is it encouraging more women to think, hey, I can actually do this? Yes, it's delightful and important that there has been so much attention to that uh, salary gap because Title IX only covers uh, everybody until you graduate. Uh, after that, there is no Title IX in the boardroom or in pro sports. Um, if there were uh, equal salaries, we wouldn't have, you know, Brittany Griner languishing in prison in Russia. Um, the a need to play overseas where you can make up some of the salary you're not getting at home is writ large in our headlines. Um, I also think that uh, women are encouraged by the cyber activism of frustrated athletes. Uh, we all saw a year and a few months ago at uh, March Madness, the NCAA provided a full men's gym and uh, the women's teams waiting to compete had something like, you know, a bench and a washcloth. Right. And because those images went viral, uh, the NCAA quickly, you know, was shamed and made some changes. So I think we need to speak out where we see discrimination or disparity. And I think it does encourage um, women not only to participate, but to understand there's nothing radical about uh, asking for justice. It is normal. And it is a good thing. And those skills are easily shared. How do you write a letter of, of concern or complaint? Whom do you go to when you want to point out obvious inequities? Just one more question. I wonder if you have any thoughts on what, what changes or what more you think could be done with Title IX moving forward into its second 50 years. Yes, I think that um, uh, we've all learned from the first 50 that when schools try to adjust their budget simply by cutting men's teams, nobody wins. Uh, that creates resentment. It doesn't necessarily add to what women can do. Um, I think we also have seen one of the least expensive things to do is to advertise women's events, uh, get people into those bleachers. Too often women's games simply aren't advertised. Uh, people do want to celebrate a winner. Uh, we love that American women bring home the gold at the Olympics. Uh, we have to make it um, an imperative of school spirit uh, to be involved in women's sports programs. And that includes things like getting the school principal in a high school to always be at the women's games as well as the guys. And it also means that we can, uh, you know, really look at where we have um, regrettably sexist ideas about the kind of uniform women should be wearing. 
uh, to attract the male gaze. We really can make improvements in terms of objectifying women and just looking at their pure athleticism as a fantastic gift. That was Bonnie Morris, a women's history and sports scholar at UC Berkeley. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Alan Pang for his production assistance. Like what you hear? Come back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast and leave a rating or review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.